0: Talk
1: around, don't disregard it you off the ground, show you what heart is Standing strong and proud, now f***ing my kids Let's get started It's the hardest Talk
0: around, don't disregard it Sweep you off the ground, show you what heart is Standing strong and proud, now f***ing my Let's get it started Yeah!
1: Get it now It's time to sit and relax Get your mind blown away Ain't no skipping this track Have you paid more attention No listening gap Get everything I ever wanted No giving it back Yeah
0: Ooh, What's up everybody Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast I'm your host The hardest part of the ring Also known as Kyle How's everybody doing today? Hey, I got a question for you all Is it, um... Is it a dick move to, uh, declaw your cat? I I think so. Right? I mean, is it possible to just... Because this fucking... This gabagool over here, Dwayne. This dude scratches his eye. Like, once a week, bro. Like, the past month or two, it's like every other week it's been... We'll just walk in on him, and he has one eye completely shut. A fucking idiot! He's scratching it because yeah, he has the stupid little cat thumbs. What are they called? Dew claws. Stupid little cat thumbs. That I, I, he just—he you know you know how cats do it, right? Is it possible to just get that that thumb taken out? At this point, like Jesus Christ! Like I don't want to declaw him completely because then he won't be able to. to He won't be able to to defend himself if he gets out in the wild because there's a lot of naturally born killers out there. But speaking of which, ECW, Natural Born Killers, 1996 is the show we are covering today. ECW, man, 1996. What a time. What a time. I was thinking the other day, man, like at this point, like all of the storylines going on right now in ECW, like at the same time, like how many like in-depth, dramatic, like well thought out, well thought out (laughs) storylines, like how, like just the incredible depth and breadth of the storylines. Because you have like up top, you got Raven as the world champion. And he's psychologically abducted Sandman's son and Sandman's ex-wife to be in his cult. And now Sandman has to, like, fight. He's trying to get to Raven, but Raven keeps putting his family in between them. So there's that whole thing. You got Tommy Dreamer still around. You know, Raven and Tommy, I think they had sex with each other at summer camp. Something along those lines, and somebody's uh the scorned lovers, I think I think that's the gist of the story. Um, but, you got the FBI, which is building up to be a really significant faction. you got the Dudley Boys, like the internal civil war, the power struggle, the different you know family members, which all comes to a head on this show. Shane Douglas and the pitbulls, pitbull number one. Gets damn near paralyzed. He's out there in a neck halo, and Shane Douglas and Francine, Francine, who turned on the Pitbulls, and now they're poking fun at this virtually crippled man as the other Pitbull tries to take Shane Douglas's title. You got the Eliminators and the Gangsters. You know, gang the Gangsters obviously comprised of New Jack and Mustafa. New- we talk about this on the episode, I think, but New Jack. He had like a nephew that got killed in the projects, and now New Jack's like, I gotta, I gotta keep these titles to get my family out of there. And then the Eliminators are like, "Fuck that stupid kid," and they take all of New Jack's money. And is like, like New Jack, all New Jack does, what he, all New Jack wants is to buy this kid a tombstone because they couldn't afford him one. And the Eliminators like steal (laughs) there. The Kings does win a match, and the Eliminators like just pickpocket them and they're like hey, fuck that stupid kid like there is a lot of I mean it's a lot it's not all good but it's all very it's I'm invested in a lot of things in ACW. let's put it that way now the method in delivering those stories in the in the ring belts to bell maybe there's some be desired, but we'll get into that, of course, and we'll get into all of that specifically. and We'll compare all of this, we'll compare it to what WWF is doing at this point, we'll compare it to what WCW is doing at this point. And the hardest promotion battle of 1996 will continue. So, stick around to the end of the podcast where we will grade this show and we'll compare against what the other companies are doing. We'll see who, uh, we'll see how the standings shake out. There's point values associated to. All sorts of different criteria, so make sure to stick to that. I feel like there might be some moving and shaking after this one, but that'll be something. That'll be a thing that happens. Oh, by the way, my very special guest on this podcast is none other than a participant. And one of the great stories that I just laid out, Bay Ragney, otherwise known as Chubby Dudley, hopping on the apron bump today. To gallivant through the show that was ECW, Natural Born Killers. Ton of fun with, uh, do I call him Chubby? Do I call him Bay? I'll call him Bay. Feels weird just calling a guy Chubby. Uh <laughs> But a uh, fantastic time with Bay on this episode. He's a really cool dude. Really knowledgeable. Of course, he, he played a big part in it. And... um Just great to get his insight on what ECW was like at this point. A lot of fun stories on several of the characters that we talk about. Um, So that was a good old time. And if you want more Bay, you want more Chubby Dudley, check the description for all that stuff. You can find him on YouTube at Chubby Dudley Official. Give him a subscribe. He gets a lot into his days in ECW, even like the very early days before Extreme Championship Wrestling, when it was just Eastern. Championship wrestling. He brings on a lot of alumni from that time from ECW, and he has a good old time doing it. So go check that out at Chubby Dudley Official. Also find him on Facebook, where he's very active and very interactive on there. All of that will be in the, in the uh, description below, or above, or wherever the fuck. Do that. Give him a follow on X as well. Give me a follow on X if you if you if you if you like. I don't blame you if you don't want to, but. It sure be nice at apron bump on all the social medias. Uh, X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Follow, subscribe, like, bell, ring-a-ding-ding. Jiggle my balls, spit in my mouth, do all those things. And with that, I think we might as well jump right into it, baby. ECW, Natural Born Killers, 1996. With myself and Bay Ragney, otherwise known as Chubby Dudley. But yeah, ECW, like up to this point, um, like watching to it with fresh eyes. I mean, I'm really enjoying I think like as far as you know, ECW, WCW, WWF at this point, I feel like ECW probably has the most compelling stories overall. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what are your because you were there? What? Like the mid 90s, right? In ECW. So
1: I was there from the beginning, 92, 93. Okay. Um, left, uh was probably April or May of 93 as the Hellriders. And um, in 95, the Dudleys debuted. I'm not even sure of the exact date they debuted. Um, they debuted, and I said to myself, I was like, well, hell you look like a fucking dudley <laughs> like I, I was like this is like a no-brainer and um little snot got really banged up bad in a car accident or something oh, and really? um they wanted to bring in more dudleys and i went through wrestling school at richards and was still close at richards and he calls me up he's like yo he goes um we got this dudley gimmick I think you'd be perfect for it. I said, "Ah, I think so too. I'm in." What do I got to do? And uh, he set up the meeting for me and Paul, and the rest is history.
0: Well, so you're saying it's a character, they are not a true like you didn't grow up with the Dudleys in Dudleyville, is what you're telling me. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Wow, well, I had so many questions about the Dudley household, but I guess I'll just scrap. Well, so many questions about Dudleyville <laughs> itself. <laughs> All of the various uh because it was one dad, right? And just a bunch of different moms. Yes. I believe. Yeah. He of was course a, he was. was a traveling salesman. Ah, so to speak. Yeah. I hear you. I hear uh-huh. you. Um, but yeah, and watching ECW, I mean, one of the most <laughs> like entertaining stories that I'm witnessing, it's the Dudleys and how, like you said, it just progressively grows. Like it just started out as Dudley, I think it was Dudley Dudley and Snot Dudley. And then, of course, Bubba comes in Then you got Chubby Dudley and D.W. and Sign Guy and Devon and Big Dick, of course. So and just the dynamic of, you know, in hindsight, watching Bubba and Devon, kind of the two heads that are against each other. And of course, they eventually come together. But it's interesting watching these early seeds of the Dudley storyline play out. I mean, what, what was it like? Because I mean, you were relatively, I guess, a background character in the Dudleys. I would say, mm-hmm. sure. um, but what was it like just experiencing the Dudleys and how how that storyline progressed and would end up being?
1: You, you know, it, it's it's weird, funny, and actually, I'm very excited. Uh, once I saw the um, match listing for for Natural Born Killers, um, I got happy because you know when the Dudleys started. And I came in very shortly after they started, probably a Mm -hmm. month later. Um, It was just filler. You know, the Dudleys were filler, little comedic relief, um, opening match, second match of the show. You Mm can tell they really didn't know what they were going to do with the Dudleys yet. You know, they were technically like part of Raven's flock, but they weren't. Right. And they were their own thing and they were just trying to figure out what was gonna happen and see if we were going to get over with the fans. And slowly we got over with the fans, um, out of the comedic relief between Bubba with his stuttering, his mm-hmm. dance moves, and I think a, a, an important part of getting the Dudleys over was um was DW. I think DW was the true star of the bunch and, and the true comedy and the best worker of all of us at that point in time Um and then as things progressed and then Devon came in and really changed the whole element of things with this brotherly feud mm-hmm. um that it escalated into something i don't think anybody really saw coming Mm -hmm. and that i i felt and i've said many times um over the years the match in natural born killers was the turning point in the dudley's career bubba and devons everything Mm -hmm. this was that was the match that put those guys and, and the dudleys on the map and the fans were like oh shit mm-hmm. this is different this is not what we were expecting from them guys and even the locker room they took their, uh, from the from the point we walked back into the dressing room afterwards we had a lot of heat because we went above and beyond in that match and we were like you know maybe the second match on the show a third match on the show whatever it was right. and people were pissed <laughs> because we went i mean as soon as we walked back out of the curtain we were we were getting fucking blasted we went all over the arena bubba was jumping off uh on the the stage off the stage yep. uh, off a off a freaking pa speaker um yeah it was it was crazy and i remember even saying to myself in the match as the fans like fans would get into us but never like that so to experience that as i'm in the crowd with them because my job was i was paired up with big dick and sign guy got paired up with bubba and we were like their security as we were going through the crowd Mm -hmm. and it was crazy it was it was complete mayhem crazy and i was saying to myself Things are changing. Things yeah. are going to change.
0: And they did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no, to your point, it's it, it's it's fascinating to watch how the Dudleys, like you said, they kind of just started off as a faction within a faction, kind of. I think they were yeah. heels at first, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, supposedly Raven was the the whole thing bringing us in. And they we even did some
0: run-ins early on for Raven. Right. Yeah, and it was like, because you, like you said, you just guys just got over organically to the point mm-hmm. where fans were behind you guys. And now you yeah. guys have your own thing going. And uh, like I said, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but that mm-hmm. Dudley match was the match of the night. I thought. Absolutely. from the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was a lot of mayhem and chaos is what that match was. But I, I think there's a lot of matches on here that kind of fall under that category. But the energy of that match, I the think energy is, and yeah. it was. Stiff as fuck.
1: I mean, you see, they. Yeah. they I mean, Bubba and Devon just balls out, laid it into <sighs> each other. They didn't hold back. They just fucking
0: hauled off, and it, it worked. Did they not like each other at the beginning, or are they just being stiff?
1: That's a good question. Um, I. As far as I know, I mean, I always felt everything was always cool with those guys.
0: Right. I I don't
1: think there was ever any heat. And Devon, when Devon came in, and and even Bubba, they were, Bubba was more a little, had a little ways about him. Typical Bubba, as, you know, people still see to this day at times. Right. Um, (laughs) But Devon was always very respectable. Respectable. Like, more, more more, the quiet, respectable
0: one. Right. Which is funny because on screen here, he's the loud mouth. He's the crass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he is the most... In ECW terms, even, he's the most vulgar guy on yeah. the roster. And that's saying yeah. a lot, so... Yeah, it's funny. It's, it is funny. Even like he would progress... Like, you know, Bubba and Devon, he would be the more... Like you said, the more quiet, the more kind of, uh, you know, level-headed of the two, it seems like. Yeah. But here, he's like the... He's the guy, he's the catalyst that gets added to it that just creates all this chaos that we're seeing. But he, I, I mean, when, when he came in though, it really, um,
1: I didn't know where it was going to go. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was never privy to any um, talks or anything until the show. And usually it was the arena show where, you know, you get, they'll, they'll tell you a couple of things about what they're thinking and planning. And then, boom, away they go to the next match. And then you would go do your house shows or wherever, and, you know, it was just like spot shows, and, you know, it was nothing groundbreaking happening. But mm-hmm. the arena shows, you know, those few minutes where you're getting things, um, you know, when Bubba came in, it was, there wasn't nothing major. It was still kind of like, oh, okay. But um, when Devon came in, I, I could tell there was going to be a difference you know, mm-hmm. by the way they were talking, you know, they were trying to, you know, they were they were thinking about having him feud with us and how were they gonna go about it and what was gonna be the angle to it and this and that. And um, you know, something that they started to do and then they turned it back and then they just blew it out of the, the gate and mm-hmm.
0: it took off. And it and it worked. Yeah, because you know, the Dudleys they started off as almost like a Sideshow acts or just comic relief, but here, like in this show, to your point, it seems like okay. We've been building to the tension between Devon and Big Dick and Devon and Bubba, and now it seems like there's a way forward here. But I um, I mean, as soon as I like, I I just scrolled through
1: YouTube real quick while I was at work, and there was a um, a trailer for it for like the the VHS. Oh yeah, yeah, and they show. A quick snippet of Bubba and Devon at ringside, just hauling off and just um, clocking each other in the face, and I, I'm like, I was waiting for, because I'm pretty sure like it got to the point where um, Devon popped Bubba, and Bubba was just like, and then
0: clocked him <laughs> again. So good, yeah. It's like that the yeah. hatred between them comes off the screen, which is why oh, yeah. I asked if there was heat. So yeah. that's that's a mark of a good uh, good worker there, I guess. It so. worked. Uh, no, yeah, they, they 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 were working, yeah. But uh before we get there on this show, this show starts off, Natural Born Killers, with uh Devin Storm versus Louis Spacoli. Very uh got a very eclectic group of people on this card. It's very interesting. But right. we got um old dangerous Devin Storm here, mm-hmm. who I believe is with uh Damian Kane. Mm-hmm. So I guess they've got a little, little faction going there. Louis Spicoli. I think he just popped in ECW for not too long. Um
1: Yeah, he was <laughs> You know, Spicoli was um nice guy, um, another dude that just, he, like, had a lot of potential. I was mm-hmm. always hearing, like, so many awesome things about him in, um, you know, in the sheets and everything, and um, through word of mouth. And when he came in ECW, I was I was excited. I was like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see Louie work, and very nice guy. Um, and then he was gone. I right. think that I think he went to Vince doing the the Rad Radford gimmick, maybe. So I know Rad Radford was before
0: this. I don't was know if before? he went
1: back. Okay. Um, okay. But he was only there. He was not there long. It was a, it was a short, short time. Um. But Devin, I knew Devin for two, three years at this point because I used to. Um, me and a couple of the other Philly guys, like Steve Richards, um. And uh, some of the other Philly guys, we would, um, when we didn't have shows or we couldn't get some ring time, we used to go every, every other Saturday night, we would take a ride up to North Jersey to Brooktown, New Jersey, um, to try to get on shows at work at a Iron Mike Sharp school. He used to do house shows and that's where Devin storm came from and supernova and a lot of other talented guys. And, um, the funny thing, I was just telling this story the other night, to somebody, um, The funny thing was, uh, I guess a couple months before, maybe even even longer than that, it might even have been a year before, um, I went and worked an NWA New Jersey show instead of going to ECW. And I think that probably got me some heat, too, Mm. that I was never told about. But um, I walked into the locker room, and Sabu was working the show, and I didn't know. And I walk in, and Sabu's there, and he looks at me, and I look at him, and we're both like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, he worked Devin Storm, and that match was just absolutely amazing. And, and I remember saying to Chris afterwards, "This is your time. This is, you know, this is going to be it for you. This is going to put you on the map." And it did, because then a few weeks later, I think he was probably at the next or the. The one after that at at the uh, ECW arena, working for ECW now,
0: mm-hmm. because of
1: that match and um, Sabu putting him over. Um, but I, I I don't remember the match. I saw that on the on the listing, and and I said to myself, yeah, I'm like I don't remember the match. But the funny thing was, I, I like started laughing. I'm like, Damien Kane was the manager who needed a manager
0: right. with
1: al- al- Lady Alexandra.
0: Yeah, it's very uh, interesting. Like Damien Kane, Lady Alexandra, and I think like the um who were the SWAT team. They had, the bad, team. They had the, the bad crew. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting faction. It didn't really do a lot for <laughs> me, but uh it, this match here There was well with them, there was a deal, I think I think that at the
1: at the time they were using Damien's Pennsylvania promoter's license.
0: So okay. that was like that was like the trade-off. So that's why he's so prevalent in all these shows. Yeah, interesting. The, the, the headhunters is who I was trying to think of. The the big yes. um, who were they yes. in WWE? I don't remember. Um, ooh, did they even go? They were in WWE. I think they maybe it was just the rumble. I think it was Royal Rumble '96. They popped in. Really? Okay. Um, where are, where are those guys now? That's a good question. Um. Hopefully, they're still around, right? Yeah, right. And Hunters, ECW. Let's see here. Don't know. Doesn't seem... I doubt they're still wrestling. Oh, they were on the independent circuit until 2018. Really? Jeez. Maybe maybe they still got to run in them, huh? Wow. Let's get these guys on TV. Put the belts on them, huh? I wonder if they're still able to do a moonsault. (laughs) I bet. I bet. Could you ever do a moonsault? No,
1: absolutely not. I couldn't do a front salt, let alone a moonsault. <laughs> you
0: could take a good chair shot, though. That's for sure. I could take a, a tra- mean one. Oh, I, I, think I, I think I took a mean chair shot in this show. <laughs> Probably. You're, you're always just getting hit for no reason. You're just minding your yeah. own business. and really I, I, I see some of them shots now, and I, I'm just, I cringe. I'm like, holy shit. <sighs> there are some, yeah, there are some shots on this show that, like, I don't care what time period it is. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> but um, but I, we'll get to that. But there are some chair shots in this match, this opening match. Okay. Which is really just kind of an extended squash for Luis Piccoli. Um, which is interesting that he left, you know, not too long after this, because it seemed like they were building him up to be the next guy. And like, I thought he had so much potential as well. He has a style that I thought was a very ahead of its time. Uh, the Spicoli driver, which would go on to be Mm -hmm. the death Valley driver, which is such a prominent move nowadays. And he's kind of, I don't know if he invented it or if he just popularized it, but um, he hits a few of them in this match and uh, gets the win over a dangerous Devin storm Um, crowd chants One more time after the Spicoli driver and he does it again. So he's over the moves over. And again, it's just kind of a squash match here a little bit, but I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, you know, it's, um, he I think Louie didn't
1: I think he passed away soon after he left
0: or yeah whatever. it was I just looked at it It was 90 early I 98 I believe and this is mid 96 okay so, so yeah that was
1: longer than I expected but still I, I, I would love to know what the issue or problem was there I don't know if he had problems then I mean mm-hmm. it's possible it's very possible I mean we were all
0: I, I mean it was it was a party. It was a party. Yeah. Fortunately, it's just kind of what the times was, I guess. Right. Um, But after that, we got the European Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Mikey Whipwreck, the champion versus Little Guido. What are your thoughts on the E.W.A.? Bae? I don't even remember it. <laughs> I, I did. I'd never heard of this until this popped up. I think it was, it was a promotion that was around for like a few years, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I've never seen a match from it. I've never heard anything about it, but I don't even know. I, to think, I don't, I, yeah, I just not ringing a bell. I think it was a Philly based promotion. Let me see if like, if it pops up even. EWA? EWA. Yeah. European Wrestling Alliance. Is that the same one? I don't know. Yeah. No. Wait. I don't think that's the same one. Yeah. It was. It was a very short-lived promotion. But I think it's very interesting that we're getting a title match here. So I guess there's some affiliation with ECW, I suppose. Hmm. Uh, but Mikey Whipper is currently the Junior Heavyweight Champion and okay. uh, taking on Luke Guido. Uh, the Full Blooded Italians is starting to gain some steam a little bit. We got JT Smith out there. Big Guido uh, Salvatore Balomo. Um, it's really starting to feel like a faction because for a while it was just JT Smith singing Italian songs in the ring and then little Guido's right. there, but now now it feels like they're getting some steam. <laughs> what a what a great gimmick. And um Little Guido,
1: he uh he used to work early ECW before we even had T V, um, mm-hmm. as Damien Stone. And he was always a great dude. And he um when, it's funny because when he was doing this Damian Stone gimmick, he used to come out with a with a New York Rangers jersey, and I always thought to myself like the dude's a good worker. He just needs a gimmick or something to get himself over. And Is when that, that when he he found that when they came up with that whole thing and he became a Little Guido, it was like it was amazing. Um, and Mikey too. Like I don't I don't really know Mikey's whole background, but I mean that fucking kid. He just um, he fit that role to a T, mm-hmm. and he just
0: he was magic, man. The two of them, magic. So, how how was the match itself? The match was fine. Um, it was a little sloppy, a little bit uh, towards the end, I guess. Okay. Um, there were some fun moments. I mean, there's one point where Mikey does a planche over the top on Nick Guido. And then Mikey kicks big Guido and he like stumbles and like tumbles over the barricade. And then Mikey goes jumping into the crowd. So they went after it. Mikey always went after it, man. I mean, he was just throwing his yeah. body all over the place. Yeah, um, paying the price. Now we all are. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, but uh, Guido, you know, cause I mean, Guido's a shoot fighter. I mean, he can go in the ring. He's nowadays known for his comedy ish character and like fbi and all that stuff but he's throwing out some submissions in this match some chain wrestling um but ultimately jt smith at some point gets involved but uh, mikey's still able to hit the uh the frank and mikey off the top rope but he I, it was just a bad landing i think there was a slip somewhere um but mikey just ended up hitting a top rope elbow instead afterwards and uh that gives him the win here okay and he's He's selling the knee after two. I don't know if that was a legit injury he suffered here, or if it was just I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. so maybe that had something to do with it. I mean, okay. he's bound to get injured at some point with, with all this stuff he's putting himself through. But um, but it, it, for Mikey Whipwreck. So my thing with Mikey, because I like Mikey Whipwreck too. But to me, yeah. like his whole thing of like being the underdog. He comes out in the raggedy t-shirt and whatever, but he wins all the time like he's won all the titles in ECW, he's a world champion, the TV champion, tag champion. Now he's the e- prestigious EWA European champion. Do you think that diminished Mikey at all in his character being an underdog but no. kind of always winning? No. No.
1: Because you know it's weird because he um he had that just young boy lost look to him. He always had that look like how the fuck did I do it? Right. And he also, b- believe it or not, it, you know, uh, something that is so, and was so important to all the um, ECW guys, and was groundbreaking and changed the business as well, was the entrance music. Mm-hmm. Him coming out to the song Loser, everybody thought he was going to lose. Everybody always thought he was going to lose, and he ended up winning. Right. And him playing up that gimmick with that lost confused look like I I won. Like, you know, it just I thought that was just a great great gimmick. Yeah. And, you know, and I, it's funny cuz I was thinking of Mikey the other day, he popped in my head. Oh, somebody somebody sent me something about Tajiri. And I was thinking when um, you know, towards the end when they teamed Tajiri and Mikey up and Mikey was like crazy now and all, I was like what a great you know, he went from this loser gimmick to that, and it was, like, so believable. It was just right. a great change, and he, you know, like, he was crazy, and, and his, his work rate was unbelievable, and he was, like, you know, like, that Tajiri style. It was a true talent, man. A true talent. He's another
0: guy that I don't think gets enough credit for what he did. Yeah. He's trained a bunch of guys, too, right? Especially at least like early oh, Ring really? of Honor days. I know a bunch of guys. So I know he popped up in early, like 2002, 2003 Ring of Honor. And okay. um, introduced a lot of his guys from his school to the company, too. So he's had a big influence for sure. Um, yeah. But we follow that up with a little a Dudley Boys action. We got. Okay. So we were the third. Man. We were third. Yes. We, we we moved up the ladder. <laughs> Moving on up, uh, so we got the Dudley's. We got Big Dick and Bubba taking mm-hmm. on the team of Devon and Axel Rotten, which is uh, an interesting addition to the storyline. Axel's got an interesting look here. He's got black hair with yeah. what looks like little treads, had, like, fishnets on his arms. Was that? Did he have that? Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you if you remember this
1: uh, it aesthetic. Was, uh, you know what it was at that time. Um, Marilyn Manson was just breaking. (laughs) Okay. So it was all, it was uh, the beautiful people and all that stuff was, Mm -hmm. was the hot music. And he was um, trying to go for that Marilyn
0: Manson look. He kind of just looks like Marilyn Manson. Now I felt like in this match, but yeah, right. um, Right. (laughs) had like the plaid shorts. It was, it was interesting. I guess he's trying to, Hey man, uh, it was 90, 90, 96. So, it was interesting times, Yeah. No rules when it comes to fashion. Sometimes it yeah, seems right? like. Right. Well, um, we got a tag team match here and Devon comes out to start this off. I mean, he's just laying into the crowd. He's like pointing out specific people in the crowd and running them down. Because like, you know, the, the, the fans that would be there every time in the front row, like they got the straw hat, they got the long hair. I guess yeah. the guy with the long hair popped up in the crowd in WWE and WCW. So he's like, hey, pick a side, motherfucker. <laughs> he's just like, in the guy in the hat, he's like, get a life. You're here every, every fucking night. You smell, I smell you from here. He's just, Devon is hilarious, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's, it's so funny. But, that, uh, you know, what's that arena,
1: like, wow. When when I went when I went through and was watching the gangsters and the eliminators, just seeing some of those faces <laughs> again, you oh, know yeah. it's and how, I mean those people were sardined in that place, like right when it was like a thing, like when you were in, like you were you were in, like you weren't moving, you were in,
0: and. It was crazy, man. It had to be so hot. Oh, it was like
1: freaking 200 degrees in there.
0: Oh, man. What what did it smell like in there? Can you describe what it smells like in a summertime ECW event? Oh, gee. BO, sweat, and piss. And that's just the wrestlers, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That was Um, the whole building. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. And we get a street fight later that sees the outside of the building, and that's not much when, better. But you know, you know, when when
1: we would get like you know bumped on the outside, oh, you like I, I remember like when I would get home and I'd pull stuff out of my bag, it was like brown. I was like, oh,
0: <laughs> oh, dude, it's like so funny. It will be like Shane Douglas wrestling, and he comes out in the yellow tights, and yeah. by the time the match is over, it's like a completely different color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh,
1: dude. I I mean, because you know, people just. They were spilling their
0: beers all over and uh, yeah. dip yeah. spit and yeah, who God knows? knows what else. Who knows? Well, you get some of that in this match, a lot of crowd fighting. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, just like you, like you said earlier, a lot of stiffness, a lot of chair yeah. shots, um, a lot of table spots, which is a bit of foreshadowing for the uh, yeah. later Dudleys. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're probably the most... Memorable spot of this entire match was Bubba jumping off of the stage. Not just the, not just the stage, but the uh, little speaker on the stage. So it was the stage plus another five or six feet, which was wild to see that so big I, bastard jumping off of that. I can tell you a funny story of that moment. So please, I was
1: I was on the bleachers. You were just eating chips. I was yeah eating chips, and I because you're I, chubby still am on the top row of the bleachers you know facing that and you know there was the bleachers and this gap to the Mm -hmm. stage and i wanted to get on the stage and i kept saying to myself i'm not gonna make the jump i'm not gonna make that jump yeah like i i I don't have a running start and i can't like make this uh, out because it was like four or five feet i'm like I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to fucking make <laughs> it. But I need to get over there. And, and uh, I'm just like, and, and you can see me on the tape. The, the, if you watch the video, you can see me. And I'm just like standing there. I'm just like,
0: hey. And I'm like, all right, I got to turn around and get down through the crowd now. <laughs> <laughs> You're there for moral support, not physical yeah, exactly. support. Exactly. <laughs> so, I wish you would have tried. I wish you would have tried and failed. I, I
1: just saw it ending ugly and embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I then mean. they would have been
1: ch- they would have been chained. "You fucked up, you fucked up."
0: <laughs> That's gotta be demoralizing to get that chant at you when you're in a wrestling ring. Yeah, uh, right. What a time, what a time. <laughs> but um, yeah, people are just casually getting thrown through tables. Bubba splashes Devon through a table, just kind of running at him. Yeah. Uh, there's a leg drop off the apron through a table from Bubba. But uh, ultimately, uh, Devon and Axel get the advantage in the ring. Devon has a chair. Bubba's on his knees, and Devon says, I told you, this is my fucking family. And Devon swings the chair, but accidentally hits his partner. And uh, Big Dick and Bubba team on Axel, and Dick does a reverse choker slam onto Bubba to make him land on Axel. Right. Okay. Uh, so the Tudleys get the win here, but yeah just another uh another pivot in the story of the Dudleys which is again just one of my most uh one of my favorite storylines going on at this point for sure
1: the, the I'm telling you the way like they were waiting for us <laughs> like when, when we were I remember walking down the aisle going back to the locker room feeling like holy fuck that was amazing <laughs> that was great as soon as we walked through the curtain taz and Oh, <laughs> it, might, it, it might have been New Jack. A, a few of them were <sighs> all over us. Fucking what a killers. Ass.
0: row. Those are the two worst people. I would. I, I do not want those guys mad at me.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, no. So, yeah, we, we got blasted. So I, I wonder, I mean, because I re- I remember as they were kept pulling tables out. I'm like, did they have permission to do this? Like, <laughs> did they yeah. ask anybody? They just kept pulling tables out. I'm like,
0: all right. Yeah, it's extreme, man. There's there no go. rules, I guess. But yeah, I, was, I mean, they went to Staples earlier in the day and bought however many tables. So. All right, <laughs> they had a big stack of them, so it's like not probably they're gonna run out of them. I don't know, Crazy. but I was wondering because there were like at least three or four matches on this card that went to the stage areas. So I was always wondering, like, do people kind of like talk to each other, like, "Hey, are you gonna fight on the stage? Okay, then I won't. I'll, I'll go on the other side." Type of thing, but well, it seems like yeah. They're... I mean,
1: obviously, nobody said nothing to us about going to the stage, and I don't, I, I what it be. Beca- I think what it happened was it was more or less too. You know, the crowd was just so into it and just inspiring everything that went
0: on. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was kind of hard not to go there
0: when you're over. You're over, I guess. Yeah exactly um but yeah great shit but we we follow we follow that up with missy hyatt and Lori fullington in the ring so missy has been with sandman for at least a few months maybe more like yeah. a year at this point Lori fullington the ex-wife of sandman so we're in the midst of the sandman and raven storyline where raven is basically recruited Lori and Sandman's son Tyler to be in his flock, his cult, whatever. How fucking crazy was that gimmick? (sighs) Wild. Wild. I mean, it's like I feel like we've never seen anything similar like to that in wrestling. No. I dude, I remember when
1: they were like doing that and and like, you know, they're in the back talking it and and hack he just didn't. He didn't care. Like, whatever. Like have his son Kane him, whatever the hell you needed to do. He he just didn't care. Like, just get it over. And I was thinking to myself, this kid's like fucking seven, eight years old. Like right. this this is this I this might be crossing the line now. Like we did cross <laughs> the line. One, two, nine. And I think this was crossing the line. When you start involving a child like that, I don't know, man. It was deep. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, there were some crazy promos and backstage vignettes. Yeah, with all this, dude, I mean, it's just wild. But there's that element of realism, not, maybe not realism, but maybe relatability that I think ECW had that maybe you weren't seeing at WWF or ECW. Oh, true. Or, true. or WCW. So
1: to that, but I mean, even, it's, it's
0: yeah. Even even the whole thing with uh, with Hack and Lori,
1: like I don't even know if they were still together at the time. Like, I, I don't know. It was just, mm. you know, truly.
0: Some crazy shit. They, they. I don't know, man. Sandman strikes lo- me as a guy that's down for whatever. I mean, oh I'm, yeah, I don't know him, but he seems like yeah, whatever. Just give me a beer <laughs> and a cane. We'll make it work. What whatever it took to get. It. I mean, that was the thing about Hack. And he
1: would whatever needed done to get anything over, he would just do. He he was down for it.
0: You're right. If it made sense, it had right. to make sense. Of course. Uh. Who who's the better hack, Sandman or Hack Myers? Ooh, mm. oh, fuck! Now, yeah. because one's well, a Shaw and one's not a Shaw.
1: Yeah, well, just throwing it out there. So, so, Hack is just that's just his own nickname somehow
0: that he had before he even got in wrestling. Um, wasn't that his name in WCW? Sandman's name wasn't he like Hack? Hardcore hack or something, was it? Something Some, on those lines. Yeah.
1: Um. But Hack Myers. Yo, I mean,
0: he's a phenomenon.
1: He was over.
0: Over. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah. is. I think it was just hack in WCW. But yeah, Hack Myers is like, because he's one of those guys that I never really heard about. Because um, I wasn't watching ACW at the time, but now I've gone back and watched all these shows and I'm seeing how over he is. And it's like, why, why isn't this guy talked about more? He was just incredible. Dude.
1: And, and another guy, like, what happened? To, like, rest in peace, hack. He was another, like, just beautiful, beautiful person. Mm. Nice, nice guy. And magic. He was fucking magic. I Who, who knew, like, what was going on? But right. people just talked to him, and wow, it, it was unbelievable how over he was.
0: It was crazy. Do you have any Hack Myers stories, chance? Because I'm a Hack Myers mark, so I need to know everything I can about him. Or was he just kind of just a, a regular guy?
1: Yeah, he was... He, you know, he wasn't, like, out of control or crazy like a lot of the other guys. Right. He was always, you know, pretty cool, calm, subdued. I remember, like, you know, hanging out the travel Lodge with him. He had, like, one or two girls he was
0: always hanging out with. Of course he did.
1: Yeah. He was the shot. Stud.
0: Yeah, of course. He just, that's his opening line to anybody, and then they're all over him, I'm sure. Right. So. Right. Lucky devil. Yeah. Um, but some other, speaking of ladies, we got Missy Hyatt and Lori Fullington in the ring. And I guess they were supposed to have a match, but I guess Missy broke her arm at some point. Maybe it was a house show or um, whatever it was. But so she can't wrestle. But then there's so much going on here. You also got Joel Gertner in the ring, who I guess is kind of aligned with Raven. So Joel, okay. the ring announcer, ring announcer, has become a dickhead at this point. Right. And he's he's running down Missy. She's like, because Missy wants to fight, but they won't let her fight. And Joel's like, hey, if you want to rip somebody's clothes off, you can rip off this guy. And it's like, OK, Joel, let's settle down. Um, Blue meanies <laughs> out there because, you know, of course, Lori has Raven and Blue meanie and Nova and Stevie out there. And Blue meanies like, hey, if you want to get to her, you got to go through me. So Missy canes the shit out of Meany. He's out of here. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Um, and Stevie Richards gets in the ring. So it was like a few months ago, Stevie Richards sued Missy Hyatt for sexual harassment. Okay. yeah. So yeah. Stevie's like, hey, I'll, uh, I'll drop the charges if you denounce Sandman. And Missy just... Split second. She's like, all right, fuck you, Sandman. You have a tiny cock. I think that's what she said. (laughs) Um, Something about how he can't get hard because he drinks so much beer, which I don't know might be true. Um, But Sandman (laughs) does does not take too kindly to this. And Missy walks away from him and Sandman just clocks her in the back of the head. I mean, the most cartoonish Singapore cane shot I've ever seen was just hilarious. I mean, everybody's stiff with everybody is just a wild, wild time. Was Missy done after that? I can't imagine she stayed around too much longer because she's been paired up with Sandman for a while at this yeah. point, but now they're not a thing anymore. So I don't know where she right. goes from here. And if also if she's injured for real, like I don't know right. what, she, what else there is for her to do, but yeah, I'm not sure personally. Huh. Um, do you have any know. memories of, of that pairing between Missy and Sandman and how that came <laughs> to be? Uh, I don't know how it came
1: to be, but um, Missy was great. Missy was always super cool. Um, I mean, especially at that time. I I think every guy, well, not every guy, but almost every guy that was a wrestling fan had a crush on Missy Hyatt in the 80s. So seeing Missy all the time in the back and... I, 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 you know, I would always say to myself, "They're fucking." <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> I, I just kept saying, myself, "I think they're fucking. They're
0: absolutely fucking. They gotta be." Do you think they ever used the cane? <sighs> Who knows? They had to. They had to at least once, right? Just to hey, see. You never know. What heck? Probably a lot of splinters though. So maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. But they probably don't care. Probably the least of their worries. <laughs> um, but speaking of STDs, we got a bad street match. We got primetime Brian Lee versus Bam Bam Terry Gordy. What a pairing here, huh? Yeah. Um, now there's two guys.
1: Okay. Brian Lee, where the hell's he at? And I mean, man, I remember when, when Terry uh, came in, I was so, I was such a huge free Mark. So I was like, oh, my God, fucking Terry Gordy, Terry Gordy. Oh, my God. When I walked in that locker room and saw him there, I was like, holy shit, holy shit. (laughs) But, you know, there was – I forget the actual story of what had happened. There was something on an airplane or something. Like he almost had a stroke or something like that. I don't remember the exact details. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was never the same after that. And you can tell, like – he just like kind of sat in the locker room to himself. Mm -hmm. You know, you go over and say hello and he was cordial and just, but he was, he seemed very quiet and shy
0: and just kind of almost lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he turned it on in the ring though. I'll say that. Yeah. Gives was kind of having a Renaissance at this point. Um, he looked in good shape. I mean, he was right. moving around with Brian Lee. I mean, Brian right. Lee, because he's, he's a young guy at this point, and he doesn't seem out of place. So Right, right. Brian Lee was another dude. Hey,
1: cool dude,
0: good dude.
1: Um, I, he was a, another guy I was really happy to came into ECW because I was watching. I, I was a huge mark for all the um, – for Smoky Mountain. I loved all the stuff mm-hmm. Cornette did there. So when he, he came up, I was really
0: happy. No, yeah, he's super. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a a diamond in the rough with ECW at this point. But yeah, he was a perfect fit. Yeah, the bulldozer, the bulldozer, that's right. The bulldozer, Brian Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, So what are the rules of a bad street match? There are no rules. Oh, there are no rules. Is that different than any other ECW match? It didn't. Whatever match it was in reality had no rules, right? Yeah, I guess, but um, they fight to the street eventually, so maybe that's why it's a bad street match. They did they,
1: uh, did they go out the? Fr- I'm I'm thinking I'm
0: like flashing back. Did they go out the front door? So they went. Was there an exit by the stage? I don't remember where exactly. No, by out. by the stage
1: was the was the dressing room. So okay. they had um, I think they went out by the. Oh no! You know what? In the corner there was a. There was a side like fire exit.
0: Hmm. Well, it looked like a shithole wherever they left. Um, I mean there's graffiti everywhere, there's trash, but I guess that's the appeal. Um but that they didn't st- side door then. <laughs> yeah. Uh just trying to give you mile markers here, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. but uh yeah, they're slamming each other against like the garage doors or whatever that are out there, so there's a car alarm that goes off somebody's car. Gets really? I don't know whose car that was, but That's um, right. hopefully they weren't too mad about that. But they get back to the ring eventually throwing each other through tables and throwing chairs at each other, which is kind of, I mean, most of the matches on this card are that. But yeah, but um, in the ring, Brian Lee goes for the choke slam. Terry Gordy counters locks in the is it the Asiatic Spike? Do you remember? Okay. Uh, which is like it's just his thumb into the neck yeah, or yeah. something along those lines. But uh, that gives him so Terry locks in the spike. And, you know, uh, Brian Lee goes down to his back and Gordy's able to pin him with his spike, which is a very interesting finish. It's kind of like right? almost like the mandible claw kind of was yeah, like yeah, you yeah. kind of lock it in and then pin the guy. Well, I thought was very unique. I don't know if that was always his finish, but it was the first time I'm seeing it. But I thought it was. he used that for a, for a minute.
1: Yeah, for a little while he was using that.
0: Yeah. But no, it was there a very entertaining match? Two big guys. I mean, it could have just had a, an in-ring match. I thought I, maybe that would have made it stick out more. Um, I guess they did go outside, so that was a little their extra spice they threw on it. But they were big boys, man.
1: They Ooh. were big, and they moved. They, you know, yes. it wasn't like they weren't big and slow and methodical. They could fucking move.
0: Yeah, no, they're too. Yeah. Uh, Two treats to watch always in this yeah, era. For absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Speaking wow. of a treat to watch, we got old Doug Furness up next, taking on Rob Van Dam. Which, I, uh, you
1: know what? When, when I saw this in, in the listing, I was like, I kind of remember him being there I, for a minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally a minute.
0: I think this is the first time he popped up. I don't know if he yeah. did for this.
1: I, I think it was I think he might have just did the one shot, maybe the
0: one weekend of shows. Yeah, because I think he was all Japan at this point, I believe, okay. right? Um and Rob Van Dam's still fairly new. He's been there for a few months. Um, but he's already made a name for himself. Yeah. And um yeah, I saw this on paper and I was like, this is probably really good. And I watched it and it was like, it Yeah. It was very I'm surprised both these guys walked out. Is how I'll put it. I mean, it was very a lot of throwing each other and a lot of landing on necks on, the, on this okay. match. It was very um, it was, it was rough at certain points. But there were certain points where that rough around the edges kind of approach made it look good. Like okay. there's one point where Furnace does his German to Rob Van Dam and he like throws him straight up and Rob lands right on the back of his neck, which like. Ooh. I was right at the beginning too and that just like set the tone for the whole thing. I don't know if there was like mis timings between the two or what it was, but Hmm. I don't know. Any memories of this match or uh I had no none at all. Yeah. None at all. It was it's it, like I've never heard of this match. It feels like one that would stick out like and you, know, you would see it on social media or whatever like, or uh, clips of it, but Yeah, like I almost feel
1: like like when I saw it on the, the um the results Cause I used to sit at that monitor and watch the whole show, every arena show. And, Mm -hmm. um, I almost feel like I must've been like not impressed
0: or disappointed in this match. You're getting stretched by Taz probably at this point for having too good of a segment. Hey, it could have (laughs) been. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just run, I'll run down some spots in this match and see if anything triggers your memory. Um, Furnace, he goes for like a stun gun on Rob Van Dam on the top rope, but just kind of like tosses him over the rope and sends him on a table. Yeah. Um, or no, sends R- Rob on the apron and then Furnace shoulder blocks him off the apron and Rob Van Dam goes flying into the crowd into like the fourth row, which is just madness. Okay. Um, Furnace does a gorilla press off those bleachers that you were uh, deathly afraid of. Right. He, he picks up RVD and tosses him off. And um, they fight at the st- another match, just fighting at the stage. And these stage seats, if you're a fan, those are the best seats to get. Every yeah. Time damn match oh, yeah. There.
1: It's like all of a sudden, it's like being at a, like a, a Kiss concert and Paul Stanley flies out to the back and you right. have those seats right there. That's what it
0: was <laughs> like. Um, Some table spots. There, there are some t- t- times where they're like throwing each other onto tables, but the tables aren't breaking. But Great. I feel like that kind of okay. looks... That looks more devastating sometimes. Um, Oh, yeah. There's a point where Rob. So he like doubles over furnace. So furnace is bent over and Rob hits him in the back of the head with the chair. Like up to death, like 12 to six to the back of the head, which looked gnarly. Did a few of those. Um, And I don't know if he knocked him loopy because there's right after that. uh, Rob goes to the top rope, jumps off for a cross body. And it seems like Furnace was supposed to catch him into a power slam, but it, the timing was off. So it was kind of an in between thing, which made for a really awkward looking landing. Like it's kind of just like diagonal. Rob landed, kind of just <laughs> bent his neck, but he's Gumby, so he's probably fine. Um, tombstone from Furnace to Rob Van Dam onto a chair. I mean it is just a, this is a gnarly one. This is definitely really? one worth watching if you uh, if you it's get like time to check out the show. A,
1: it's not ringing a bell. Yeah, the only thing I w- that kind of rang a bell was
0: uh Rob going into the like taking a bump into the stands into the fans. right. Yeah. Um but Rob's able to get the win eventually. He did. he kicks the chair into the face of Doug Furnace and gets the pin. Okay. Um and at this point from a character perspective, Rob and Rob and Sabu are kind of feuding, and they're Sabu is trying to get Rob to respect them, but RVD doesn't respect anybody. But Rob's like, "Hey, I don't respect any of those jamokes in the locker room, but Doug Furnas, I respect you." And Doug shakes his hand and then pulls him in for a clothesline, and Rob, you know, goes ass over tea kettle, and they have to stretch a Rob out after this uh, clothesline, and then another German suplex. So Robbie, gets stretchered out. So he pays for his sense, oh, I guess, here. Okay. So I don't know if they had plans for Doug Furness in ECW. I mean, he is a big bastard. He's a great look. And he was very entertaining to watch, if nothing you, else. You though. would think doing that spot, they they were going to do something with him. Right. Yeah. but I, that, So Rob and Sabu just had a stretcher match as well. So I don't know if they're just playing into that, like the stretcher thing. But yeah, to your point, it would make sense. It seems like they're building up furnace here, but right. I don't know. Don't know. Um, but Taz, so I guess Taz just finished uh, giving you wedgies and swirlies backstage or whatever he did <laughs> because he's in this next match okay. taking on Tommy Dreamer, which, you know, to to Mount Rushmore, ECW guys, I feel mm-hmm. like so. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Taz at this point is probably one of the. Better characters, I would say, just as a solo. Because I mean, he's his the MMA thing, the kind of you know coming out with the towel and Team mm-hmm. Taz behind him, the UFC yeah. almost kind of presentation. I thought was very. Yeah. It set himself apart, and then his oh, promo was really good. His ring ring style was good. I mean, what were your thoughts on because like Taz Maniac, the Taz. I don't uh, know how much of that transition you saw, but what were your, what you your know, memories of that? The
1: um, the whole Taz Maniac thing. Like I remember when I. Started seeing the pictures and about and hearing about the gimmick in the, the magazines before I got in the business. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. That's a funny gimmick. That's a cool little take the Tasmaniac. Right. Um, but I love what he converted it into. And he became, you know, like this believable powerhouse that you know, people thought, you know, this guy who's five
0: foot nothing is the baddest uh-huh.
1: motherfucker walking the face of the earth.
0: Yeah, no, it's incredible how he was able to overcome that. I mean, choked out 911, who's a huge dude. Bam Bam Bigelow, he choked out Paul Varlins, who was a big UFC fighter. Yeah. He choked him out. So, Taz, I mean, they're building Taz, I mean, he's a monster. Uh, Still building towards that Sabu match. That'll yeah. happen eventually. So um, that
1: was a you know, nice little
0: thing, too. They did. You know, they, they teased that for the longest time. Mm hmm. Yeah. And um, Tommy Dreamer at this point, it's kind of he has got a few irons in the fire, I guess, because he's kind of feuding with Raven. But he's kind of on the back burner with Raven and Sandman doing their right. thing. Um, Dreamer and Brian Lee have had a couple really good matches uh, leading up to this. You, you know, the you thing was, like, I
1: felt like
0: the feud with them just didn't, didn't work. With Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean, I mean, like, I, I guess if I'm a right, like, Brian Lee was supposed to be another kind of, like, person that Raven brought in.
0: Yeah, um, he was kind of a part of the flock at this point. Yeah, yeah, but... It just didn't work. It didn't have that. There wasn't like a reason for them to fight. Yeah, that's because with
1: the whole Raven that with the Raven thing, there was that amazing storyline of summer camp when they were kids and all this stuff and Beulah at, you know, there was that whole thing and it just Mm -hmm. made sense and was almost kind of somewhat believable for people on the outside. So, the whole thing with, when you're going from such a, I mean, let's face it, that Raven Dreamer feud was just a iconic feud of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's definitely like a top three feud of ECW, history of ECW. So, it's kind of hard to follow that up.
0: Yeah, it's like almost like. Cause there was never a resolution to it. So it's almost like it's paused at this point, which is interesting. Right. I'm not really sure what the, and it's like t- dreamer and Brian Lee, it just felt like Tommy was fighting the henchmen of Raven. It's right. Right. And they did give the, us the scaffold match. Yeah. Which, that's, that was a scary fucking. Scaffold. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, it gave us some iconic moments. You yeah. know, Dreamer getting thrown off of balconies and whatnot. So, yeah that's if that's the thing it served i guess it was worth it to some to some extent but i don't know um, so this
1: so this match what well, was it just a regular match or
0: yeah so taz comes out first and he lays out the thing because taz obviously he's the you know judo jiu-jitsu guy and tommy right. is the epitome of the hardcore style fighting in the crowd chairs tables all that mm-hmm. so taz is like hey I'm not, I don't want any chairs. I don't want any tables. We're not going into the crowd. I, I'm going to out wrestle you, Tommy Dreamer. And Tommy's like, all right, let's do it. But right away, Taz gets a cheap shot in, tosses Tommy to the outside, hits him with a chair, which I just thought was hilarious. Okay. Um, but they get back in the ring and they actually do some chain wrestling, which is very interesting seeing Tommy Dreamer do like British style, like headlocks right. and transitions and counters and all that stuff. But, um, doesn't last too long because it does kind of uh divulge into chaos eventually um Tommy's he eventually gets out wrestled by taz because of course he does uh, so he has to resort to using a chair he does a dive off the top rope onto team taz and uh at some point taz hits a German suplex to Tommy dreamer hits him with a belly to belly through a table and uh at some point the ref Takes a tumble, I forget. I think he accidentally hits him with a chair or something, but okay. ref's out. And then at this point, all hell breaks loose. I don't think we even get really a finish to this match because Taz locks in the Taz mission onto Tommy Dreamer, but there's no ref. So he's just choking him out for the sake of choking him out. Mm-hmm. Beulah gets in to try to stop it, because obviously she doesn't want to see Tommy get choked out and sure. killed by Taz. Uh but Bill Alfonso's here and he stops Beulah, grabs her by the hair and throws her in the corner. And in comes Terry Gordy to make the save. But then in comes the Eliminators to hit the total elimination to Terry Gordy. And then in comes Brian Lee and hits the spike to Terry Gordy. And then in comes another ref. Total elimination to that ref. Okay. And then a few jobber like, you know, I think it was Pablo Marquez, Donnie Allen. They all come in. They all get total eliminated. Okay. Uh, Bad Crew comes in okay, total total elimination today did I come in? <laughs> I was waiting for it. Bubba came in, and Bubba. I think sign guy came in. I don't know what you were doing. I think you were just eating chips in the backstage area. I think you were uh maybe still trying to hop those bleachers or something. Maybe there were bleachers in between the ring and the backstage that you couldn't cross because I do remember taking I don't remember where though I did take total elimination somewhere, yeah, maybe it was off camera right. <laughs> Which would be, of course, why wouldn't it be? Sure. Uh, but yeah, sign guy Bubba. Bubba gets chokeslammed by Brian Lee. Then Hack Myers. Surely the Shah will save the day. Yes. Uh, he doesn't. He gets suplexed for a, by Taz. For, for a second. He gets a he gets a shot in. Oh, yeah. He gets some of those jabs. The, the crowd's with him. The crowd's ready for it, but uh, it <laughs> <laughs> gets dropped on his fucking head. And then uh, total elimination. There's like Eight or nine total eliminations in like a minute here. Um, so and then it's like Taz, so it's Taz, Brian Lee, and the Eliminators are standing tall, and they're all raising each other's hands. So I don't know if this is like a faction or if it was just a one night thing, but it looked like a badass faction if that's what the deal is here. But hmm. just a lot of chaos. That's all I can say about this match. Like I said, I don't even know if there's a finish really. Um, yeah, that happens sometimes. You're
1: like, was there a finish? it was just no. chaos no. there's 20 guys
0: doing run ins and there's just lost track lost track that there was actually a match i do think if you would have made a run in though you would have stopped it all i think you would have taken them all out personally i would have been blown up by the time i got to the ring <laughs> what was your uh, what was your finish if i can ask uh, i think at that time
1: i was doing it was like a standing DDT. Okay. Huge move back then. Kind, kind of like, it's kind of like a bulldog, but just like a standing
0: bulldog. Just boom, boom, up and down. Okay. I like it. Hey, that's all you need. Yeah. DDT is underrated. Yeah. Oh, I love the DDT.
1: I used to do a DDT. I used to do a spine buster because so I was a huge Anderson, Arn Anderson mark.
0: Mm. That's a good, good way to follow, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also somebody else that likes DDT's is Raven and he's in this next match. There you go. So it was on the card as a double dog collar match and it was listed as Raven and Shane Douglas versus Pitbull number two and Sandman. But it's so it starts out with Sandman just in the ring by himself. Okay. he's, He's lost his wife, his son, uh, his partner. So I guess Pitbull was taken out. Maybe at a house show or at a TV before this. So he's alone, but he has a dog collar around his neck and the chains hanging from it. So I guess he's still expecting a dog collar match. Like I
1: kind of remembered, like they were trying to make him
0: look like kind of sad. and. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, but I, I've lost all these things, but I still have my life. I still have ECW. Right. And he gets on his knees and he's like, come on, take me out, Raven. Take me right, out. Right, right. Okay. So Raven, you know, Blue Meanie, Nova, Stevie Richards, Shane Douglas, they all come out. And um Sandman's he's trying to cane everybody. He canes everybody but Raven, basically. Um and <laughs> Raven has Sandman's son, Tyler, of course, in between him and Sandman, so he's using him as a shield of sorts. So as Sandman is distracted by his son course, wearing the leather jacket and the denim and all that stuff. He's with Mm -hmm. Raven. Lori, from behind, Sandman's ex-wife, clocks Sandman in the back of the head with a cane. Raven hits a DDT, and uh, I guess that's when the match starts, I suppose. It's kind of unclear. Shane Douglas (laughs) Douglas is here, but he's in street clothes. Pitbull doesn't come in until later with a neck brace. So it's kind of disjointed a little bit. But I don't know. These are probably the two of the... mm, Two of the hottest feuds, I would say, in one match, but the match itself, I mean, it was a little... It was kind of par for the course as far as this card was. It was just a lot of chaos.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I kind of like looking back over, like, the card itself doesn't look like a big, you know, spectacular blowaway arena show like normal. It just seems
0: no. like a lot of chaos. Yeah, the in-ring on this show, like, there was some fun story pivots and some fun segments, but there wasn't like there's usually at least like one match that's like oh that was a great wrestling match but there Mm -hmm. wasn't there wasn't really that on this show um but uh so it's a 2-1-1 beat down for a while it's like you said earlier the standout match on the show was the dudleys right and that's not you know it's not like oh it's just the dudleys but because it was a really great match it was a fun match but yeah there wasn't that like there's usually like a, a really technical like a too cold Scorpio versus Eddie Guerrero type of match. Right, that's on right. the show. But there wasn't mm-hmm. that. Um, it was because WCW's pillaged all of those. Uh, all yeah, those guys. But exactly. Um, Pitbull runs out there to save the day. Has a neck brace on, but then rips it off when he gets into the ring. So I don't know if he's actually injured or feels all a ploy. Hmm. Um, and then, but he ends up getting pile driven by Shane Douglas immediately. And. I will say though, because we're fresh off the heels off of Pitbull number one, suffering that neck injury. So he's okay. out there in the halo and everything, and the crowd, you know, that Pitbull. was unbelievable. That whole
1: angle and every, wow. Yes. I, I remember with that, when that happened, looking at the monitor and be like, what the fuck is Gary
0: doing? Like, right. has he
1: lost his mind?
0: Are you talking about when he got ripped down by Shane Douglas by the Halo? Yeah, with the Halo and Shane's yeah, like, this? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm like, that fucking thing's bolted in his skull. What is he doing?
0: Yeah. So like I said, I wasn't really familiar with this. Um, I think it was the last show when Pitbull number one came out with the Halo. And I'm looking at this, it was like, oh, it's got to be a gimmick, right? Like, it's so like a cartoonish looking halo around his head. They, they got to be playing it up. But like, I, I mean, it was a real thing, unfortunately. Did he he? He came back to wrestling eventually, didn't he? Yeah, he's still wrestling today. Look at that. Got a happy ending to that. Yeah, he
1: just he just recently opened a wrestling school down in Florida. And he's actually I keep seeing the flyer being shared out online. Um, I think in Ohio.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see him on Twitter all the time. Yeah, he's wrestling Shane. Oh, like, oh, really? Shane Douglas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Finally, getting his revenge, right? 30 years later, the feud, <laughs> the feud has not died. Wow. I'm actually pretty hyped for that. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, he's still at this point freshly injured. And uh, the crowd is super invested in this because why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Like Pipple's got the chain wrapped. Pipple number two has the chain wrapped around Shane Douglas, and the crowd's chanting, Break his neck. So it's like <laughs> this thing's resonating with the people. It's like they want to see Shane Douglas killed. and It's like, yeah, it's, this is such good shit. Um, what else happens here? We got just a lot, you know, because the dog collars come into to play. They're like taking off the collars and putting it on different people. It's kind of just getting thrown around. Milly nilly doesn't really play too much of a part in it. Um, it's more like the chain is just being be, used as a weapon for like punching, like wrapping around your fist and punching mm-hmm. people. And I mean, there's a lot of blood in this match. If nothing else, okay. so um, Blue Meanie comes in with a Meanie Salt out of nowhere, but misses because, of course, he does. Um, Raven, okay. Raven, then loads his boot. Which I want to get your thoughts on this. Loading the boot, you know, taking the boot, the kicking kick, it, kick to the ground. What are your thoughts on that? As or maybe, or just like maybe, explain the logic of it. I mean, as a <laughs>
1: kid, when I was 11, 12, maybe even 13 years old, watching wrestling, Mm -hmm. and seeing something like that, you're like, oh my god! He's he's loading the boot! Loading the boot! Don't load the boot! But what the fuck? Who came up with that? (laughs) And why did we believe it? I mean, that's the best thing. We believed it because the commentators put that shit over to make you believe mm-hmm. the job was being done properly all the way around.
0: Cause what, I guess the logic is that there's a steel plate in the heel of the boot and you're kicking it to, and all of a sudden it's going uh, into place. I, like how did what? it stay in the heel? there this, this whole time. Why not just kick them with the heel?
1: Why? Not, so why courses.
0: wasn't it there
1: during the whole match?
0: All of a sudden now you're, oh, I don't know. I mean, like you can't be super mobile with a big steel plate in your boot. I mean, that's got cause a bunch of yeah, right athletes' foot, etc. So, don't know. But uh, Raven loads it up. I think he like takes his boot off and like smashes it against the turnbuckles. Very dramatic. And uh, but Pitbull is able to duck the boot. Okay, grabs it, hits Raven with the boot, the loaded up boot, mm. and uh, hits Raven with it and pins Raven. One, two, three. So Pitbull number two gets the pin over the world champion here, which felt like a big deal. Uh, Douglas just he skedaddles. He wants no part of this. Yeah. And uh, so Pitbull gets the win. So a little bit of uh, comeuppance on Pitbull's part, I guess. But then in the ring Raven. So he's still hiding behind Tyler. And Sandman's in the ring. He wants that Raven, but Tyler's in between them. So Tyler goes up to his dad. He's like, hey, dad, give me that cane. So Sandman hands over the Singapore cane to his son. And then his like seven year old son hits Sandman with it like a few times. But it's like it's a kid hitting you with it. So he doesn't really sell for it. But then Raven comes from behind and clobbers him and then hits him a bunch of times with the cane. So more fuel to the fire with this story. So I thought that was pretty good for what it was, I guess. Deep, deep. Crazy, crazy! Like I would, I would love
1: at some point to interview Tyler and be like, "Do you remember? Like
0: the I mean, that had to be weird." Mm Hmm. Yeah, I mean, those cane shots. I mean, I'm sure you've taken cane shots, right? I got it once, just once. How does it? How does it feel?
1: It's not too fun. I mean, imagine it's, it's it's a quick sting. It's a quick sting, like. I, I was working, I was putting an opening tag match, me and um, Pablo Marquez against Bad Crew. They needed somebody for the match, and um, it was go out there, work, you know, five minutes, and then Hack's going to come out and cane everybody.
0: That was about <laughs> Seemed like how they started all their shows for yeah. a while, which is hilarious. Yeah.
1: So, um, so Hack pulled me aside, and he said, when I hit that ring, you feed to me first, Take one shot, take the powder, and go back to the locker room. You don't belong (laughs) out there. He's like, I'm going to kill these guys. I said, all right. And as I was walking back to the locker room, all I kept
0: hearing was crack, crack,
1: crack. crack."
0: Because he swings that thing, man. I mean, no one better at it. That's it. Well, that brings us to the main event. We got the ECW tag team titles on the line. It's a steel cage weapons match. The gangsters, the team of Mustafa and New Jack, are defending against the Eliminators. Of course, John Cronus, Perry Saturn. So you said you, you kind of went through this match a little bit. I mean, I it did. Was I did. You know, it's cr- first off, you have a steel cage match and the first like five to seven minutes of the match are in the fan in the stands. <laughs> it's my, not even my first, in the cage <laughs> my first note on this match was why even bother with the steel cage <laughs> right just put the cage around the arena and then ah. it would be a lot easier there you go that's a good point that's smart thinking
1: yeah yeah um watching it my my instant thing watching it when i saw cronus i missed john fun guy oh yeah fun fun fucking guy and talented man like big fucking dude he he had like a weird build to him but he was Mm. so agile and just could fucking move man um and perry like perry was like a cat when i was watching this match i'm like that motherfucker just like would spring up to the top of the cage and he leaped off the top of the cage i think five times at least yeah yeah like every like every time you turn around, he's on top of the cage. Jumping at one time, he jumped out to the the all the way to the outside. Um, I mean, this was just a classic, true ECW brawl. It's a New Jack match. <laughs> it's a New Jack well match. Said. You know and, what you're gonna get. Yeah, of course. And just for I mean, especially like Mustafa, like doesn't get credit at all. Like you never hear. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see like little flashes in this match of stuff of Mustafa. You're like, fuck,
0: he's got stuff there. Like he, he could go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the four talented guys in this match. Totally. Totally. And, um, it's also worth bringing up like the build to this match. So new Jack, he cut a promo on one of the TV shows leading up to this about how, I think it was like his nephew. He got shot and killed in his just in his, I don't know if this is real or if it was just a thing, but because um, I guess his family is in you know a bad neighborhood and not a lot of money to them and how new Jack he's like relying on winning the tag titles to bring more money to his family. So it's like I'm automatically establishing like, okay, this guy needs to win. This guy needs to win these championships. So he has that motivation behind him. Mm-hmm. And he's like um, yeah, he, he wins a match at some point on TV and he's holding up like this stack of money and then the eliminators come from behind them and rob them of the money is like these guys are dickheads. So a very personal feud between the two that was kind of built to this point. But and like watching the match, it just felt like, you know, spot after spot after spot. Like I didn't feel I didn't feel the hatred between these guys, yeah. even though they're obviously hitting each other with weapons and stuff, but it just yeah. I don't know, it felt very like it's a new Jack match. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Just, you know, walking around the arena, walking and hitting and chairs. And here's a, you know, oh, we'll throw this piece of table at you, I guess. But I mean, that's, you know, that's a good point. You brought up because a lot of. Um,
1: I think a lot of what started happening in ECW was just that where it became a lot of instead of, you know, hey, let's open with this and let's finish with this and then we'll play it by ear the rest of the way, it then started becoming, you know, so much planned out to where that's what you have today. Where I mean, you could see. I I mean, to me, when I've been starting to watch a little bit more and more now the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. it just looks like, 60, 70% 60, 70% of the match is completely just already planned.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they're trying to put themselves in those spots and positions to get... And it's funny because the thing I say to myself is they're trying to get their stuff off. You know what I mean? Right. Which, yeah, that's what everybody's trying to do. But when you look at um, the Eliminators and, and the Gangsters, it, it was... I mean, I guess it's naturally about that, but I think also, too, they're just having fun beating the shit out of each other.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that is, yeah. It, it feels like they're having fun out there. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's like a ho- there's like another side to it. Right. Yeah, I mean, they had a bunch of matches, too. I mean, they had a certain amount of chemistry with each other, but uh, it's like, it just felt like a lot of just let me jump at you and you throw a trash can at me. Let me hit you with this chair. And, um, like you said, Saturn, I mean, Perry Saturn, he starts off by hopping to the top of the cage and jumps out to the outside onto everybody. And then he throws new Jack back in the ring and then he climbs the cage again and jumps off and hits him with a clothesline. And then he does it like three or four more times. Well, you see, like when he goes to jump from when Perry goes to do the spot where he jumps from top
1: of the cage to the outside, um, John's out there with, with Jack and Mustafa and you see him like Jack was like starting to walk away and uh John like grabs Jack, gives him like a quick little super kick to hold him and then grabs him and pulls him in. And I'm like, oh, well, here comes right. Perry. And then he's holding Mustafa and then, you know, he jumps onto the three of them. But he, like that spot when it happens and then they just lay on the ground you're, you're, the thing I was realizing too, that walkway from the locker room to the ring, because there was so many people, it was just getting smaller and smaller and smaller, to where right. it, it was literally just one person can walk down. It's all that would fit, right? You know, there used to be the time where it was you're walking and you had security walking alongside you. Well,
0: security couldn't fit them. Right. Yeah. Cause you'll notice that like they'll like walk like sideways almost to <laughs> like it's like barely yeah. one person can fit. Yeah. In the aisle way, which I think is a cool look personally. I feel like it just feels more like, I don't know, that packed in look just feels really cool. It feels like everybody's like a part of the action almost.
1: They, they totally were. the Very, very important piece of the action. And, you know, when as I watched this match, I, I, I was, I was getting the same like, about five years ago, my, my oldest daughter started getting interested and intrigued by the whole wrestling world when she started like researching my stuff and all. Mm-hmm. And um she came to me one night and she said, Dad, I want I wanna watch an ECW show. Will you watch one with me? So I put on November to remember ninety five and watched it with her. And it was probably the first time I've seen it since you know, late nineties. And she was just like, she would just turn and look at me and watch and turn and look at me. And as she's doing this, like I'm watching, I'm saying to myself, we were fucked up. Like we were (laughs) fucked up to be doing this stuff. And as I watched this cage match, I felt the same exact way. I was like, man, people. Don't truly realize what ECW was and what it was about, and not only what it meant to the, it, what it meant to the fans was one thing, but it meant just as much to the guys in the ring because you can see they're giving everything they got, uh-huh. and, and I, I mean, Sandman's putting his seven-year-old fucking kid out there to cane him for God's sake and turn heel on him, like I, I mean. Guys were were doing anything they could because they believed in ECW as a whole. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. even believing about Paul, which, yeah, Paul was like the Jim Jones and had his drink in the Kool-Aid because he was so amazing at his speeches. But you truly did believe in those three letters, the company, the locker room and the fans.
0: Yeah, I mean, the passion is always there, whether you mm-hmm. could say whatever you want about the wrestling or whatever is happening, some shows are better than others. But like you said, there's always that effort. They're right. always just laying it all on the line for better or worse. So. Right. And that's what this match was. And uh, ultimately new, uh the gangsters end up winning. With uh I think Saturn, he goes up to the cage, top of the cage one too many times, and he gets a trash can thrown at him and he goes tumbling yeah. to the outside through a table, which is a gnarly looking spot. Yeah. And then uh just leaves Cronus in there to get power slammed by Mustafa, and then New Jack off the top with a chair. Mm-hmm. New Jack, Mustafa, they get the win, retain the titles, and uh I mean the show's called Natural Born Killers, so you gotta Close it with that song playing only makes sense, but um it was very ACW when that's that, what I'll say about this match. When that song hit I got chills thinking about it, man. When that song
1: hit hmm. you just knew. <laughs> like right? it, it it was on and that
0: whole arena would go fucking nuts. Oh, dude! The base of that song—it was yes. just—it perfectly represented them as well. And this—the fact that it was like a, a in the background during like half of this match. Yeah, exactly. I fantastic. mean, fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. it—it
1: mean, it was just such a, a great presentation, mm-hmm. you know. And it couldn't have—it couldn't have been done anywhere else. Like Vince can never do that, and. Uh, bischoff couldn't have done they nobody could have done that presentation and that was the, the that's why a lot of these guys you know your public enemies your salmon um even Richards when he went to WCW like a lot of these guys and Raven both of them WCW and and WWE they just couldn't get over like they did mm-hmm. with uh, with Paul because uh, you know, it's yes, there's multiple factors why they didn't. But I'm I'm sorry, one little stupid key element was yeah. the music. That music became so iconic and trademarked to those characters, you know. Not you, you never had before truly like Entrance music meaning so much, except for maybe the ultimate warrior at that time. Right. Or or, or the free birds of Bad Street. But whoever had run-ins and the music would be playing. Right. You know, it just, it was like revolutionary. It just changed everything. And it just became so, so important to, Hmm. to... putting those characters over.
0: Yeah, I mean, a bad theme song can make or break uh, the best wrestlers out there. It's happened. Like we
1: said about Taz earlier, another key part, another key element to Taz being over was that Kiss song, War Machine.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because I'm watching a lot of the stuff on Peacock, and of course, that's all censored and dubbed over, which is tragic. See, Um, like,
1: I'm dreading that because that's what I'm doing on my channels. I'm going through the history and I'm watching match by match. So I'm only, I'm still in 1993. Shane Douglas just debuted, but it hasn't. None of the music stuff has really taken effect yet. But I know when that starts happening in the next year, I know like WWE like got rid of all the music and overdubbed it with. Mm-hmm. Their own self-made music, and it's just yeah. going to take away so much. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be
0: angry <laughs> at watching it. I really am. No, I bet because, like, even me because I didn't grow up watching this, so I don't really have the association of the music with these guys. But I, for this so show in particular, I, I found a copy with the original music. And, it's so important. Oh, it's like God damn! It just makes so much. There, I mean, obviously, like Enter Sandman the gangsters I mean, song come- is dude sandman the dub music these for sandman is like come on yeah it's horrible what are we, <laughs> <doing>? <laughs> what are we doing? and even um
1: you know the dudleys with highway to hell every yeah. time i hear that song i am instantly in the ecw arena mm-hmm.
0: instantly you- like i picture it instantly do you have a favorite theme song from ecw The, 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 there's a lot to choose from.
1: I, uh, I mean the, the, the best entrance, no, nobody's better
0: than a Sandman. Yeah. That's a hard one to beat. Yeah, you, I mean, the way he would just drag it out because it was so hype.
1: You can't beat it. And I, and I've been saying for a month now, you know, with WrestleMania coming up here in Philly, well, not here, but back in uh, Philly, um, can you imagine 70,000 people at Lincoln Financial Field singing Enter Sandman? Like Ugh. like who, whoever owns it now, TKO, whoever. Pay the fucking $10,000. <laughs> Whatever you got to pay, those five minutes will be probably the greatest footage you ever filmed in your life.
0: Man, you're just getting me excited for things that aren't going to happen. And it's making me very sad. But God, yeah, that, that visual this is just me. It's unbelievable. And I'm going to go a step further because
1: yesterday, Bubba Ray tweeted out, or X, ex- I don't even know what to call it now, X'd out, um, that him and Devon should have one last, they want one last match at wrestlemania and one last get the tables and it should be in philly and he's absolutely right so they should do fucking dudley's versus sam and dreamer
0: i mean yeah hello is that i think they did that at uh one of the one night stands probably but but do, do it, it again, again. run do it do back it wrestlemania 40 Come on, Philadelphia, 70,000 yeah. people. Let's go. I mean, God, I wish Hack Myers was still around because he would be a, a can great candidate imagine, to close out the show.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine 70,000 people going? Shout, shot, shot, <laughs> shot. Hack shit. needs to
0: finish <laughs> the story, damn it. <laughs> Man, well, um, we can we can dream, I guess. But okay, uh, you know, natural oh, born oh, killers. Yeah. It was a close second it was natural born killers and anything from this show. Any, any other nuggets that maybe you remember or anything that we uh, maybe missed. Honestly, nothing
1: stood out except for, you know, the W's match, right?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it was a lot of chaos. Again, it was just a lot of a lot of too many matches that were that felt too similar me just a lot of crowd fighting but there were some you know high spot i mean you know good points in the, like the dudleys of course and you know doug furnace and rvd was just a car crash that i enjoyed for whatever reason um you know,
1: you know that's what
0: ecw had,
1: at this point especially had become was a lot of it was a lot of chaos and something i look forward to watching as i'm re-watching it myself is seeing these Paul finishes because they were so intricate and, and, and Raven had his hand in it, you know, with these crazy finishes where it wasn't like a one, two, three step. And then boom pin. It was like one, two, 10, 20 step of, you don't know how many people are running in. You don't know how many false finish. It was, it was just, it was chaos. It truly was chaos, but again, it changed
0: it changed the business so much. It's a precursor to the attitude era. That's for sure. All the weapons and violence and reality elements that WCW at this point was capitalizing with the NWO. So I mean, yeah, ECW's effects were felt everywhere.
1: You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this question down
0: because I'm gonna
1: pose this to be people, I'm like, I've been doing a lot of stuff on my Facebook page lately and getting hmm. a lot of traction, but I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think the current roster of WWE can pull off
0: ECW slash WWE Attitude error? Uh, not, I mean just with how culture is nowadays, like the blood and the language and the violence, I don't think that would ever. I don't think to a WWE level, I don't think that would make a comeback because you have like GCW and stuff around doing that kind of stuff. The deathmatch stuff is still going, but I don't think the mainstream. Would see that maybe like language and stuff, but I just. I don't know. What I mean, do you, What do you think's going to happen with Netflix when they yeah. go on Netflix? Do you think they're going to turn it up a notch, or that, that's what I was thinking? Because I think I don't think there's ads, right? On Raw, but I don't know what kind of restrictions Netflix. But Netflix has some crazy shit no on restrictions. So, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I don't. I couldn't see Raw and SmackDown and NXT having like distinctly different tones to them. It'd be interesting. I mean, I would love it. I would love to see the differentiation between the different brands, kind of Mm -hmm. give them their own identities. But yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll get to this level, like '96, late '90s. But potentially, I think they could bump it up from where they're they're at now. Personally, I don't know. What do you think? Is isn't it
1: crazy? I mean, if you crazily think about it, like you know, 25 years ago, almost 30 years ago, the stuff that was being done. Like it is just not what's the word I'm looking for? It's not safe to 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 show to people now, I guess. People might be too offended or up in arms or something. Right. I
0: don't know. Yeah, it's just wrestling's weird because it's like it's a TV show. Like yeah. TV shows and movies, they have people getting killed and murdered and Bleeding and just assaulted in various different ways. But mm-hmm. wrestling is almost like, oh, is is it real? Is it not real? Can we? So it's like in the context of a TV show, there shouldn't be any reason not to be able to bleed. And yeah, I mean, I feel like blood is the least of their worries when you got people getting dropped on their heads every other match. I feel like it's more dangerous to do that than to bleed. But yeah, that's just from a spectator. But well, I remember like. You know, when I was a kid
1: watching wrestling and around I think it was around eighty four when they would show Blood on TV, they started showing the big X over the screen right. and you couldn't see nothing. Now we'd be like, What are you doing? Like I was I thought it was so stupid. Uh-huh. I mean it it put it also like put it over to a point, but it was like
0: so hokey, so bad. I, I'll tell you, I can't stand like modern day steel cage matches with no blood. That's right, like war games. Oh, we're gonna get Such. in there and murder. You <laughs> used to have ten guys going there, and
1: all ten were bleeding. And yeah, now you don't rusty see. Rusty cage. You don't see a drop of blood. How no. can? How do you do a cage match and nobody bleeds?
0: the goofy tables that are just perfectly split down the middle yeah, and yeah. just a
1: I, I mean, brand
0: new trash cans like ECW had trash cans that they just pulled from backstage it has trash in it throwing it at people I bring that back you know I don't, yeah I don't know maybe one I don't, day
1: it's like it's almost like can you uh some some of these uh stars in these federations now take some of them chair shots that I took from Devon and <laughs> Axel and whoever else. And then, the, you know, it's a, it's a such a different ball game now. Like it's very, um, you know, I, I'm doing these interviews, uh, these chewing the fat interviews with, with the guys and, um, Johnny Hotbody I interviewed who was an ECW original and I think he really summed it up. I mean, it's, Wrestling nowadays is, it's so Hollywood, you know, mm. we, when, when we were trained and he was one of my, my trainers, you know, we would have classes. Like I, I, our, tra- our training was Monday through Thursday, two hours was our, was a training class and you never knew where they would be like, all right, guys, it's chop class.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, do you know what chop class was? chopping each other well no you were getting chopped oh because you were the student so you had to go in the corner and everybody that was there that night would take (laughs) turns chopping you for two hours to try to break you and see if you would were you know strong enough or man enough to withstand The beating and to see if you really wanted to be in this business in this sport, right? So by the end of the night, I mean your chest is just busted open and bleeding, Mm -hmm. and you're like, "Okay, I'm paying for this." (laughs) Like wrestling, (laughs) this this is wrestling. When do I become a millionaire? Yeah, yeah, millionaire. Okay.
0: (laughs) When do I come a hundred air? Right. (laughs) Uh, I mean you, you you probably still get residuals from Dudley boy merch right when <laughs> I haven't You're seen saying, I have not seen a penny are you telling me that the finances of ECw weren't up to snuff oh uh, not for me I mean no, no. not
1: and it's it's funny because then even I was told by many people and I was like yeah no I was told by many people for years, you know, when, when the Dudley started really taking off in WWE and they started putting out DVDs and all this stuff, like I was all over these DVDs and people are mm-hmm. like, uh, that's you, that's your likeness. You can sue Vince and get money, go get your payday. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't want to cause no problems. I don't want to, I mean, what, what were they going to give me? They probably like say, Oh, here's a thousand dollars. Shut up. Goodbye. I mean, I would not get Janelle
0: Grant money, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you got to do more of that. Like that shot? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's got to be a Chubby Dudley uh, action figure, a T-shirt out there, bobblehead. If there is, I'm going to Not yet. Not yet.
1: Not yet. Not yet.
0: yet. We'll get that made. We'll get that figured out. We're going to figure that out. We'll spread the word. We'll spread the word. But, uh, man... Man, I appreciate you uh, hopping on here. I appreciate okay, you uh, taking taking time out of your busy schedule to come on, talk some old ECW. Where can everybody find you and all the shenanigans you got going on?
1: All right. I got a lot of shenanigans going on. Look for Chubby Dudley Official on YouTube where I am doing a ECW retrospect time capsule, however you want to call it. I'm going through. and am watching match by match history of ECW. And I am also – Going through and finding the old ECW original stars from Eastern Championship Wrestling. And when I get to the, I'm trying to make it coincide so it goes mm-hmm. along with what I'm watching. So when I get to the Extreme Era, I'll start uh, talking to those guys, but doing the interviews with the guys and I'm getting the, the dirt and getting the true behind the scenes of them, their characters, their careers. Their feelings um, on how they felt in ECW originally, how they felt afterwards, and um, some interesting and ugly things being aired. So, check it out at WW Official on uh, YouTube, and also I have my Facebook page, which I've been been very very um, interacting with everybody and nice. i did a did a facebook live last week i'm gonna do another one very soon and just uh, and i'm letting people come on and talk to me and just like this
0: i give you the link come on talk to me ask questions and let's shoot the shit and let's let's hang beautiful beautiful and you got your OnlyFans fans going so you got you got that income coming in right hey you know what i gotta get the money together to paint the, the chubby dully action figure once again, thank you to Chubby Dudley for hopping on the apron bump and giving his insight on what ECW was like back then as we talked through this uh, chaotic show, Natural Born Killers 96. Great time with Bag. Go give him a follow on all the social medias, YouTube, Facebook, at Chubby Dudley Official on YouTube. If you want more from him, he's a great follow. Great. great. He's a great uh, channel on YouTube. Also very active on Facebook, so go check him out there. And check me out at Apron Bump. Find me on X, TikTok, Grinder, Chat Roulette, Feet Finder, Christian Mingle, Black People Meet. All that stuff. And with that, there's only one thing left to do. And that's to hit that goddamn jingle, Bartholomew. WCW EZW WWF who's the hardest promotion Eric or Vince or Polly? I think we can agree though it's mostly shit all righty then let's grade this show shall we we'll hop into all the scores and the categories and all that stuff here in a second but first things first let's give this show grade from a scale of a to f or from a scale of s to f S being one of the best shows of all time to F being an unwatchable piece of shit. So by the way, I think, I think in future iterations of this, we're already pretty, we're already too deep into it. And in like 1997, when we do this, I think I'm going to start doing it by a numerical grade as opposed to a letter grade, just because I think there's just a lot of like, I'm looking at this list and not, not all Bs are like, the same quality, not all C's are like there's C pluses and C minuses is what I'm saying. So I think just you know throwing that out there. Seeing what y'all think. Leave the leave a message in the Discord or something, which I forgot to plug in the beginning, but who, you know, whatever. Um so natural born killers. S T F. What are we thinking? I think I think C at best. Just right out the gate. Um because like we talked about it like, th- like there's a lot of good stories happening in ACW right now, but. A lot of shows, this one included, it's just a lot of it's like they play to the crowd. They they, they play to the live crowd, not so much the um, the watching audience, which is fine if you're there in attendance. But from a spectator <laughs> from somebody watching on TV, it's like it's just a lot of mindless brawling. And like there's some good stuff on this show. Right. But it just wasn't. These ECW shows, they need that at least one or two anchor points where it's like, here's some good wrestling. Here's some in the ropes, headlocks, power bombs. Russian leg sweeps, snapmare. like give it to me, right? And this was just nothing but punch, punch, chair, chair, table, punch, chair, barricade, cookie sheet, Perry Saturn, jumping off a cage. Like, like I said, there was some good stuff on the show, but it was just very monot- not monotonous. Monotone, I think, would be, I mean, it's probably the same thing, right? But point being, it's either a C or a D. What else did I give a D? I gave Cyber Slam a D. I can't tell you. I totally remember what was on that show, but. um, This might be a C. Semi- My. Uh. was, I think there was enough good on this show to bump it up to a C. I think it's a C minus, but a C nonetheless. So we'll throw a C at it. I'm feeling generous today. So now we go over here and we see which promotion, WWF, WCW, and ECW, as these are the three promotions that we're comparing in all of this. We see which promotion has the highest average grade of uh, their pay-per-views, their special events, what have you. And currently WWF is in the lead with uh, roughly a B-ish, B-minus, B-plus. The WWF is in the lead in that aspect. So that brings us to the overall scoreboard. Now we're going to look at, you know, pay-per-view quality. We're also going to look at in-ring quality, out-of-ring quality. We're going to look at the roster which company has the best roster right now and just like a lot of the best and worst of 1996 up to this point. So we're only taking into account everything up until August 24th, 1996. So as I said, WWF still in the lead of overall average grade. So they maintain those six points, by the way, just a quick recap of where we are in the point system. WWF has 11, ECW has six. WCW has three. Whoever has the most points at the end of the year of 1996, I will purchase a championship belt of that respective company. So. We're getting towards, you know, the fall of 96. So we're getting we're approaching the tail end here, but there's still a lot of time for things to change. So like I said, WWF maintains at six points for the best overall average pay-per-view grade Best pay-per-view of the year, still WrestleMania 12, as is, you know, it's it's the only A I've given out so far. So WWF maintains that two points. Worst pay-per-view of the year, Super Brawl from WCW still holds on to that one. Negative one point for WCW. Best overall in ring. So currently we're tracking WWF. As the best, as you know, they got the Shawn Michaels, your Owen hearts. They got Bret Hart. They got Undertaker. They got Mick Foley's over there. I mean, Mark Marrow. Fucking Steve Austin. Like they got they quietly got a really solid roster from an in-ring perspective. And remember, we're looking at, you know, natural born killers. We're going to we're trying to consider if this show or if anything leading up to this show is going to change our mind in terms of any of these things. And nothing on this show would make me think ECW is better in ring than WWF. So WWF holds on to that four points. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you can follow along on YouTube. I'm sharing my screen. um, If you're that kind of guy or gal, best match of the year, currently tracking Shawn Michaels versus diesel from in your house. Seven. And the worst match was ultimate warrior versus gold dust also from in your house seven. So the question is, is anything on this show, the best match of the year or the worst match of the year? (sighs) I don't think anything was the best for sure. Nothing. Nothing was better than Sean versus diesel. I guess the match of the night, the Dudley boys versus um, Dudley boys match. (laughs) That was good, but yeah, not nowhere near as good as Sean and Diesel, in my opinion. Um, I mean, they're different matches, but you know what I mean. Was anything as bad as Ultimate Warrior versus Gold Dust from In Your House Seven? I don't think so. I mean, there was a lot of plotting on this show, but nothing was really actively terrible. The main event kind of sucked, I'm going to be honest. Gangsters versus Eliminators, but that's just a gangsters match, you know? Um, I think that's the only one that would be in contention. So, yeah, WWF holds on to the best and the worst. So they get plus two and also negative one. So no changes to the scoreboard yet. Let's go on to roster and star power. Best overall roster. I don't think there's really been any changes since I last took a look at this. At least not on screen. You know, you can you have know, Louis Piccoli's being more active in ECW? You got Doug furnace. Nothing really else. I mean, we're tracking WCW as the best roster right now, and I don't think they've lost anybody significant. So. We'll hold on to that. WCW maintains at four points. Because, you know, they got Hogan and Macho. I mean, I've spoken about it before. They, they've they got a heavy-duty roster and a lot of variety, too, because they got the cruiserweights. You know, they've been poaching all of the, all of the good ECW wrestlers, your Eddies, your ben Walls, Jericho. Jericho's about to debut in WCW and the next WCW event I cover. So, yeah. Plus, obviously, your Hogan and the Macho Man, Ric Flair, and all that shit. So... WCW keeps that wrestler of the year. We are tracking Mick Foley. And last episode, I ran into a conundrum here because Mick Foley has been in ECW and WWF this year, but you know, I ran it by the discord, talked it through. I think it makes more sense to, instead of splitting it between the two to give it to wherever the guy spent the most time and, or had the most significant impact. And Mick Foley in 1996, obviously, much more significant impact in WWF than the few months he was there in ECW. So WWF will get those two points, Um, assuming nothing's changed, which I don't think anything on this show would warrant a change. You know, some guys I've considered in the past are like Taz, Shane Douglas, RVD, Sabu. But nothing on the show not, not not really any <laughs> particularly strong showings from either of those guys on the show so Mick foley keeps that one i guess we can change this to mankind um worst wrestler of the year ultimate warrior um you know as time goes on he's been off tv longer and longer you know what i mean the ultimate warrior he came back what wrestlemania right I was only there for a few months. But goddamn pal, was those few months awful. <laughs> um, worst wrestler of the year. Anybody on this show come to mind? Let me pull up my notes real quick, just to make sure I'm not, you know, making any glaring omissions here. None, none that come to mind. Worst wrestler of the year from ECW here. Probably Chubby Dudley if I had to pay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Worst wrestler you can't even hop a bleacher. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, Mikey Whipwreck. No, Axel Rotten. No, Missy Hyatt. Perhaps. Uh, Sandman. No. Yeah, no, no, none. None that come to mind. None. None that come close here, as far as I see it. I don't know, maybe in time I'll throw like the gangsters there or something because I'm starting to get tired of their style of match. But they got a lot of good character development behind them to the point where I don't think they would ever, in my eyes, be considered the worst of the year. So warrior holds on to that (laughs) prestigious honor as worst of the year. So WWF maintains that negative one point. So now it's like an out of ring. Now this is gimmicks, characters, promos, storylines. Best overall in terms of this. I mean, I've been harping on it throughout this entire thing. ECW is just far and beyond what WCW and WWF are doing. Like I know WCW has the NWL going on right now, but it's still very early stages, and ultimately, that's pretty much all they have going on. So, and WWF, while they do have good, they have the best in ring product. And overall, like just pretty enjoyable shows like. Not a lot of really gripping story, like Undertaker and Mankind and Paul Bearer, like that whole thing's good. Shawn Michaels, I'm getting annoyed with. Bret Hart's coming back, so that's something. But we're not there yet, so ECW maintains that easy. Uh, they keep that four points. Best character slash storyline. We're tracking Sandman and Raven. Um, Yeah, I'm inclined. I think that was solidified on this show. Honestly, I think it's. You know, <laughs> if it's fucking Sandman's kid hitting him with a cane. Are you kidding me? Uh-uh. Um, yeah, so that I mean, there's like I said, there's a lot of good ones here to choose from. You could throw Dudley's in there. You could throw Eliminators and Gangsters. I think Sandman and Raven also have pretty consistently good matches as well to accompany their awesome storylines. So I think that that whole package, oh yeah, is just, um, it's the top for me. It's the top. So ECW maintains that two points. Worst character slash storyline, I forgot I chose this, but it makes sense. Jerry Lawler from WWF. Just Jerry Lawler just am an ultimate warrior him and jake roberts him and god knows what else he's been doing this year everything is just tragically bad and i don't think again i'm looking at my notes i can't think of anything that would even come close to uh being as bad you know what i mean maybe the ewa championship um no no man it's all it's all good man i'm looking at everything everything's ranges from good to great in ECW at this point so Jerry the King the Lawler will hold on to that negative 1 point so overall no changes no changes we did correct the uh the wrestler of the year thing with Mankind so the the new totals the score as it stands now WWF 13 WCW 3 ECW six. So WWF still in the lead here, but uh, as the NWO gets cooking and as ECW reaches the tail end of 96, which I'm not super familiar with how this year ends, but a lot of room to change that as the year goes on. But that's where we stand. And that's about all daddy has for you today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you all. If I could hop through this camera and give you all a big, squeeze and a big uh tickle under the armpit i would but until then i i'll, I'll just say goodbye and hit stop record <laughs> so appreciate you all have a blessed day big old smooches all around Mm-mm. i'm hard
1: yeah the hardest, talk around and disregard it. Shoop you off the ground, show you a hardest. Standing stronger, prouder, and I guess this get started It's the hardest Talk around and disregard it. Shoop you off the ground, show you a hardest.